Okay, that was uh, uh, Rebbe Tanner. He runs an orphanage in eastern Uganda. And when I say he has nothing and his children have nothing, I'm serious. Uh, we're talking about mud floors, mud huts, uh, just absolutely walking a mile for water. And uh, it's a diff very difficult life. And we were lucky enough to meet him and we're not a well drilling charity. We don't go over and drill wells. What we do is we go over and we uh, teach people to drill their own wells and then to start a business. And they make money from their business and they furnish water for their neighbors. And we uh, are lucky enough to meet these people and be able to help them. We help them by training them and we give them the equipment that it takes to drill, which is very inexpensive. So, uh, you can bring up the next one now. Next slide. Okay, if you look at this slide, uh, on the left-hand side, there's a drawing. And the history of that drawing is real interesting. In uh, 1988, I made an invention. I, my dad had a drilling company in Tennessee, and we drilled water wells, drilled piers, all kinds of things. And... I made an invention then for a, a drill that would drill a really large well. I'm talking about several thousand gallons a minute. It was crane mounted, a big deal. And we made money with that. And then I moved to Round Rock. And what happened here was I got out of the drilling business, but I still had the drilling business in me. And I woke up and on the date in that corner up there. I think it's uh, August 18, 2015, and this is how it happened. I sat up in the bed, and I scooted back, and I said, so that's what I'm supposed to do. And what it was, this original invention came on that date, on that very date, and I knew that I could take that invention, and I could drill water wells better and cheaper and faster and of a higher quality than anything that's out there for manual drillers or for engine-powered drillers. But we were going to focus on manual drilling. So what we did is we worked with it. The first wells I drilled, I actually drilled some by Granger Lake and uh, down in the Rio Grande Valley and all over for poor people in Texas. And we got the invention got all of the bugs out of it, and in 2018, I had filed it earlier, in 2018, I won the Patents for Humanity Award of the United States Patent Office from my method of drilling. And what we're, what we're doing now, we've done over probably 740 wells and trained thousands of people to drill their own wells. The bad part is, you know, we can't get everybody we want to and we're trying to get funding to do that, but it's a, a different world out there than what you think it is. Not everybody that gets money to drill wells for poor people actually have an inexpensive way of doing it. It can be very expensive. So we're trying to cut the cost of doing that. So anyway, let me let Carol talk a minute. I'm, I'm going to read just one little sentence up here because I can't say it any better than when I wrote it. Uh, when the charity was formed, it was started by Russell and his cousin, who is a filmmaker out in California. 
and they're not business people. Russell's the inventor, and uh, Sam was the kind of the creative person behind that. So uh, in order to get the charity going, um, they needed some help. And the charity itself was not founded as a Christian charity because uh, Russell and Sam decided the charity would drill for whoever needed the water. But they always felt like the Holy Spirit was leading them. And from when Russell woke up with the idea to this day, the Holy Spirit still is moving us and the charity in lots of the decisions that we're making. So I wanted to share one, and his name is Charlie. Uh, it's a neat story. I didn't know Charlie, but Russell went to high school with Charlie in Memphis. And, oh, we weren't ready for that one yet. Well, but it, it can stay up there. That's not Charlie. Uh, but, but, you know, they didn't know each other. Russell moved to Round Rock, and they never kept up except on Facebook. They became Facebook friends. And Russell found out that Charlie actually had moved from Memphis to Rockport. And so he was down there doing some work and kind of uh, reunited with Charlie down there. Charlie was sick and was not well. And what he wanted to do is he wanted to go back to Memphis and die where his family was and where his home was. But he couldn't do it. He was in a wheelchair. So he said, Russell, could you help me get back to Memphis? And Russell said, yeah, I'd be happy to. So he was going to take him back. But as soon as they got in the car and he saw how Charlie had uh, digressed, so he thought they're not going to make the trip up there in the car in a truck because he, he was going to drive Charlie's truck up there with Charlie and some of his stuff. So he said, Charlie, I'll take you to the airport. You'll fly up there. I'll meet you and we'll get you settled in Memphis. As a result of visiting with Russell about his invention, Charlie left a piece of property to One Million Wells in his will unbeknownst to us until it happened. And so with the sale of that property, that was the seed money that started One Million Wells. And so we felt like the Holy Spirit was definitely in how that worked out. That's and right. you're going to share another story. Okay. Uh, all right, we have the right, right picture up right now. Uh, I'm not... I'm not a public speaker, and I'm not the kind of person that can go in a business meeting uh, with people that I don't know and ask them for money and explain why, you know, it's going to help the world. And so we needed someone that could do that. And so I was lucky. I found Jim Forbes, and uh, it was sort of a God thing again. And Jim uh, now is our director and he travels around the country attempting to talk to people and explain to them that what we're doing is we're teaching people to fish. We're not going out and fishing for them. And so we're able to spread the word. And uh, he's a Christian, very Christian guy. And so it's sort of a, uh, a story that I need to let Carol tell you. Jim and I were married, and that's my first husband. And uh, when we divorced, our son was about two years old. He was little. And Jim lived in Memphis, and we, Russell and I, later got married and moved to Round Rock. And our son, who now is 46, was telling his dad about what this dad was doing with One Million Wells. So in January of 2020, Jim called us out of the blue and said, I want to I come down and visit with you guys. I've got some ideas. So we met him at La Margarita. Uh, one of our favorite 
Mexican places to eat. And Jim said, you know what? I want to come on board because I think you need somebody like me. He's the inventor, but he's not the planner. And so Jim came on board. We sat in La Margarita, and they're moving around the salt paper pepper and the salsa and the this and deciding how the strategy could work if Jim came on board. So he has been with the charity since January 2020 and uh, in I think it was March the two of them went to India which is where the the drilling had already begun so Jim could actually see what it was all about. All he knew was what he had heard and so uh, we definitely feel like that relationship was led by the Holy Spirit because we don't know too many people that the, my two husbands talk every day. They travel together. That It's just a unique, uh, God-led, Spirit-led relationship. And Jim has been the major fundraiser and the strategic planner in all of this. And so uh, their first trip was in March of 2020 to India. And they had to come home because everything was shutting down due to COVID. So because Jim had already come on board, Jim was able to take it from there. And even though it was shut down from COVID, Jim was able to manage a lot of what the behind the scenes needed to be done. So I think we're ready for the next. Yeah, next slide. Okay. Uh, Okay, the uh, purpose of One Million Wells is to train people and to get them equipment. Uh, our biggest expense is buying a single drill, but a single drill can last 25,000 lineal feet of drilling. So uh, the small cost, it you know, costs probably uh, between twelve dollars and $1,500. And so it's such an inexpensive tool that we're able to train a lot of people and give a lot of tools away. What you're seeing up here on the left-hand side, uh, we're training them. We have two types of drills. We're training them with our long-lasting steel handle drill in this case. And uh, there's a group there. Uh, that's probably just part of the group that we were training that day. But typically, we train somewhere between 10 and 100 people. And uh, of course, we can't finance drills for everybody. I've got I probably have 1,200 people right now that if they had a drill, they could go to work. And um, in this particular photograph, that's in an area uh, near Mbali, which is near Mount Elgon. I don't know if you've heard of that place. It's the second largest volcanic cauldron in the world. But it's real close to that, so the drilling's not easy. And these people have taken, taken the drill farther than anybody else. Uh, there's a woman there and a man that have a, a similar type charity, and we have a thing called water neighborhoods that we do. And that's where we furnish a farmer water in an alluvial plain, which is the flat, flat land near a stream. And we uh, furnish them with a well, and then we build a neighborhood on the hill with houses and churches and orphanages and whatever the community needs. And so uh, this woman and her husband are building the first one of those. We have some others planned right now, but it's a really good way to get people to learn to look where God puts water because he puts it in the same place every time it rains. 
and there are people that are that have no water and they're in areas they'll never get water so part of our job is to teach people where they can get water and the other part of course is to get them in business and hope they get wealthy in their neighborhood or whatever and they can can help out with us at some point in time okay carol I think you're the next oh i am <clears throat> oh okay <clears throat> like I got two more. Okay, uh, the places we're working, maybe the next slide. Yeah, okay. The places that we're working primarily are India and Africa and Central America, South America, uh, Mexico, and uh, I don't think we've done anything in, in other parts right now, but we need to be everywhere in the world. We've got a computer program that shows that we, uh, we were invited to speak before the United Nations, and we offered a plan in the United Nations where we showed mathematically, at least, that if they use my invention to drill with, that we can furnish water for 2.2 billion people before 2030. So it's a, it's a very good tool, and you would think when you said that at the UN, people would go, oh, great, and I got the other answer, and that answer was, well, we're spending a lot of money right now, and, you know, you're talking about something that's cheap, and, you know, what about all the money we're spending already? So we haven't made that connection yet, but I think Jim is going to make it. He's up, he's going to New York again for a UN meeting, and I think he may get lucky up there. So anyway, that's that's where we're working. Okay. Next slide. Okay, this shows us what we what we plan for the future. Uh, the the large picture right there is Jamie and Moses and her husband, and then the two drilling. Um, I'm going to call them captains. They're the leaders uh, of the group there. And in the background is a really neat thing. It's a tall tower. And one of those drillers invented an improvement. And so this is also the exciting part. The people may not have an education, but they're very smart. And those two drillers have invented several other improvements to Russell's invention. And so we encourage that. And so the future is to have partnerships like this with other charities there that are already they already have orphanages. They may not be in the right place. That's the problem. They want the water, but the water may not be there. So to try to encourage them. The top right-hand uh, picture is Russell uh, with a broken tibial plateau. And uh, that happened during COVID, and he couldn't do much of anything So uh, physically. But with his phone, he could type in a few numbers, and the money was sent to the drillers in India Every two and a half days, they put in a well. And so that symbolizes the technology that the One Million Wells would like to move towards using technology. It, it's, it's still how we, how we fund the wells in India with a couple of phone calls, you know, five minutes, and then the driller in India has the financing to, to drill his well. And about every two and a half days that happens. So they're also looking at solar, using solar in some of the areas because if they can get the panels, they can do that. One of the things I want to mention is in the first video where you saw and he's talking about getting clean water and you see all that muddy water, 
that is how the well is put in. You have to use that kind of water in order to make the well. I looked at video after video and thought, well, where is the clean water? Um, because I didn't understand the process. So I just thought I'd explain that to you. The other two pictures show groups in um, Guatemala and Honduras. And so the emphasis is also on moving towards the Western Hemisphere, where the travel is easier. It's less expensive to travel there. People that want to join a, a training group maybe could go to one of those places where they ha don't have to spend four or five days traveling. One of those groups, they have taken the drills and they, are, they have a tilapia farm. So they found a way to use the water, not just for drinking and irrigating, but to have another kind of a business. So um, that sort of is the future of where one million wells would like to go. I think you said there are like 700 wells put in right More now. Than 700 and literally thousands of people. It could be, we train three people each time we, we drill. So it could be, you know, 2,100 people. And then they train people. And then they train people. We also, one thing that I'm going to interrupt is Russell met a man, uh, a doctor that wanted to drill in Honduras because he'd already been there on mission trips before and wanted to take his daughter. And so they did that, and when they came back, he said, you know what, I've got some property up in Reagan, which is just maybe 60 miles down the road, and y'all are here. from here, and y'all are welcome to use that for training. So you just see how the Holy Spirit is just moving so many people to get on board and do that. And so I think we're ready for the very last slide and to say our thank yous. Okay. Oh, okay, it's just... Uh, what I'm, I'm wanting to do is remind people how difficult other people have it in the world. And I am a witness that in just about every country I've been to, and also in Texas, there are people with no water. And just think how that is. You are mostly, your body is mostly water. When you, uh, when you get thirsty, it's like Rebbe said in the... In the beginning, where is the clean water? What can I do? And when I was in Kenya a few years ago, we were passing, going by a gold smelting plant. And in gold smelting, they use uh, mercury, uh, not in the smelting part, but in the separation part. They use a mercury to separate, and mercury is a toxic poison. And they discharged their water directly into a stream. And we were going to go around that plant and take a different road. And we went down that road. We got to the bottom. And there were two children and their mother with three five-gallon cans taking that water right out of that plant. And that's what Rebbe was worried about. The people that are going to be poisoned by the very water that it takes to keep them alive. So we need help. And I want to tell you what y'all have done is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. You're going to help people that you'll never see. And they're going to, you're going to help people live. And it won't be one well, but the money that it takes to train someone. If, if the money you get trains a person, gives them a drill, and they train three people, and they, each of those three train three, that's what we offered to the UN. And so you're going to, it's going to, for the rest of your life, it's going to grow. It's not just going to be one well.
so we want to say thank you. This thank is, you. This is our thank you for what you've already done. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. As you can hear, it's a remarkable invention, and God's hand has been on it from beginning to now. So we thank you all uh, for all that you've given already, and we are, we are blessed uh, to have Carol and Russell here with us today. Thank you so much.